FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I'm a FOMO sapiens. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you are too. And when you're like us and Monday comes around, you don't dread the new week. No, you wake up every Monday morning knowing that this week might just be the best one yet. This is Faux Monday, the snackable show that starts your week right with hot takes, life hacks, listener mail, and even some FOMO therapy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Faux Monday, the snackable companion to FOMO Sapiens. We will be back, of course, with a full episode of FOMO Sapiens on Thursday. But until then, happy Faux Monday, best day of the week. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and of course, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. Now, my show on Thursday features Todd Cashdan, who's a professor and an expert on insubordination. He wrote a book called The Art of Insubordination. And when I got the book in the mail, I was sort of like, this is meant for FOMO sapiens. And especially for me, because I am a bit of a people pleaser. I have always struggled with that. I was the person who like straight A's all the time for everybody. That way I can please everybody. And it really has been the project of my life to learn how to go against the flow and be insubordinate. Now I will explain to you in a little bit. It's not that I didn't do different things. I mean, I FOMO sapiens take different paths. We all do that. And I think what's weird is you can be radically sort of individual and do a lot of things that are not sort of the standard things, but at the same time, really chafe against going against the system and being insubordinate in a kind of different way. And that is just, that is, a, I don't just need help on that. And so when I got this book, I started reading it and it was really helpful. So we're going to talk to Todd on Thursday. But in advance of that, I just want to get into why I think this topic is important and some of my thoughts on how to do this, how to be insubordinate in a constructive way. Now, I will confess that as a kid, I was a bit of a fish swimming upstream. I was really into the books, nerdy. I played the piano, which nobody thought was cool at the time. My senior year in high school, I was so hardcore uh, I, it was like election. I think I've said this before on the show, but I would wear a blazer to my public high school in Maine with like turtlenecks. I don't know what, I mean, you can find photo evidence in my yearbook. I thought I was, I thought I was like running a major corporation out of our high school library. And in college I would go to a party. I'd have like a beer and then head to the library. I was just really, you know, I was really focused on sort of achievement and didn't really care what people thought about that per se, which I guess in its own way tells you everything you need to know about me, right? Because I was like, well, I wanted the I wanted the sort of validation of grades and things like that and, and trophies and all that kind of stuff. And so, I, so many of us do, right? So it's just, I will own that, right? And then, but then I got into the business world and I became way more conventional, way more conventional, didn't really go against the stream, went into the stream with the salmon, investment bank banking, finance, Wall Street, all that stuff. And then I had to relearn how to be an individual later on when I started doing the things that I do now and working for myself and podcasting and writing books and all the stuff that, that I do. And that was hard because so many of the things that gave me validation that I thought were important, 
they, you know, they're just, you can't measure them in the same way. You have to sort of come up with a new set of metrics. And so that was really hard for me. It's so hard for so many of us. And one of the things that I always talk about, the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur isn't necessarily coming up with some great business. It's more about like pushing back against all the doubters or the, the pre-programmed messages in your head that you, you know, having the Goldman Sachs on your business card or having that stable job or, you know, all the things we know about that expense account that, you know, staying at the five-star hotel instead of staying at the Comfort Inn, that can be really hard, really hard. And so that is what I want to get into today. I want to talk about the six things that I think are important as you think about being insubordinate, you know, going against the system. FOMO. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to NetSuite.com slash FOMO. That's NetSuite.com slash FOMO. NetSuite.com slash FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. All right, we're getting insubordinate today. Let's start with number one. How do we do this? Number one, recognize where you get your affirmation from. So as I told you in the wind up here, when I was a kid, it was grades. When I started working on Wall Street, it was money. It was you know traveling in business class and staying at very fancy hotels. And you get addicted to that stuff. It is, I mean, who wouldn't get addicted to staying at a Ritz-Carlton? It's lovely, right? Or Four Seasons, but you know, does it really matter? That's the thing. If you start to think about, you know, in your life, what really matters? What are the metrics you're optimizing for? It may not be staying at the best hotel, right? I mean, you can get an Airbnb and be just as comfortable for half the price. So thinking about where you're getting your affirmation from, what it is that you know you think is giving you on a daily basis those little highs, and then asking yourself, like, 
is this something I truly want or is it just kind of a learned behavior that my career has sort of made me think is important? That's a really important first step because once you realize that and you say to yourself, you know what? Yes, I like all of those things, but I'd rather focus on autonomy and impact and and long-term wealth generation and you know all the things that you can get in other spaces, then, then you can start thinking about how you optimize for those things instead and you're willing to make trade-offs that you might not have made before. Number two, figure out from where and from who or whom, not sure which, are you seeking approval? And a great example of that from the show that we had a couple months back is Pyle Kadakia. Pyle was the founder of ClassPass, and she was working in management consulting. Her parents are immigrants from India, and you know she had this very stable, prestigious job, and she felt a lot of pressure to stay there, even though she had these dreams of starting her own thing. She thought to herself, you know, my parents just, are not gonna get on board with this. They want me to do this, you know, sort of more stable, prestigious path. And she really struggled with that. And so she went and talked to them. So she kind of knew that she was getting approval from her parents, that that was important to her. And if she was ever going to make a change, she would need to talk to them, which she did. And then, you know, she made the first South Asian female-led unicorn. So clearly, that conversation paid off, but it is important to recognize, is it your life partner? Is it your parents? Is it your friends? Is it your boss? Like all of those people, we can end up seeking approval from them. And you know, that's natural, of course, but you need to figure out, you know, at the end of the day, how to really talk to those people and find out, by the way, a lot of these people, once you talk to them, will support you, right? Not always, but in general, they will if you have good rationale. And if they don't, and they have a good reason, listen to them because maybe, just maybe, it's not the right time for you. Number three, start small. You know, we always see, I think about the movie Office Space where these guys were so unhappy and then one day they just like flip out and beat up a printer in a field, which is, you know, one of my favorite movie scenes of all time. So you clearly don't need to let it get to that point before you become an insubordinate. Your act of defiance does not need to look like Les Miserables. Instead, you can engage that person. So, you know, say your boss is doing something that makes your life really difficult. Have a conversation. Try to start providing some insubordination or feedback or saying, listen, this whole concept of constructive insubordination we're going to talk about on Thursday, it's sort of like, Going against the flow can be helpful because your boss may be doing something they don't even want to do. Sort of like, oh, you know, you're emailing me every night at 10 p.m. with a specific request you want done in an hour. It may be that they were taking care of their kids and then they realize, oh, geez, it's 10 o'clock. I better send this out. Having that conversation, you will learn. And by the way, it will give you data to make better decisions going forward. Maybe this person is just lousy but you will find out and then you'll be able to decide how you wanna deal with it in the future and maybe, just maybe, you wanna do a little lame as a Rob after you find that out. FOMO. FOMO. Number four, talk to other people and build a base of allies before you take action. And this is, you know, you think about all the social movements in the world. And this can be, by the way, it doesn't have to be that you're trying to, you know, overcome oppression. That obviously is a very, very valid reason to be insubordinate, but it could be something in your workplace or your startup or, or in the home where there are patterns of behavior that are keeping you down and you want to 
go against them, but it's hard to get started. And there's a bunch of reasons, obviously doing things alone is hard. You may not feel 100% confident that if you get into the conversation or take action, that the person who you're trying to deal with may not just sort of come at you, right? And so there is strength in numbers. And so I think about, for example, all of the folks out there in politics, right, in grassroots political action, no matter what your sort of ideology is, it starts with one person, but they build a coalition. And as they do, what happens is you get lots of new energy and ideas that come into the picture and you are better equipped to actually do something. So finding your squad and people who wanna work with you will make you so much more powerful. They will help make sure that the way you wanna address this thing, that your ideology, that the way you're gonna explain it, it's sound and you're much better positioned for success. Number five, don't get defensive. And I know this is so hard, right? It's really hard when you're feeling upset about something and you want to go against it, whether it's the fact that, you know, you didn't get the raise you wanted or you didn't get the project you wanted or somebody did something disrespectful. It's so natural to feel defensive. And I should know because I get defensive. We all do. It's human nature. And so a great way to deal with that, one that I have used over and over and over again is sleep on it. When I feel stressed out, upset, not sure what to do, I don't know, I'm kind of like one of those animals that plays dead except that I'm, I don't die, but I just take a nap and I just pass out and when I wake up, I have the clarity of mind because the emotion drains away, right? This is what happens when we get upset is that the emotion sort of overtakes our rational thinking and behavior and it clouds our ability to make smart decisions. So for me anyway, it could be running for you, it could be meditation, it could be yoga, for me it's sleep, or a combination of all of the above, but it allows me, having done that thing, having taken that break, to come back at the problem and formulate a much better response than I would otherwise. And a final tip for being insubordinate in a constructive way is when you wanna go against the flow or you wanna argue against something that you don't like, practice. Practice makes perfect. And one way to really do this that I find is extremely powerful is a role play. I know it sounds so silly. And I remember when I first did these in business school, I was like, this is a little silly. However, whenever I talk to people, whether they're going to quit their job or they're going to negotiate something that they're nervous about negotiating, I always kind of recommend that we do a role play. And it's fun. You can switch. You can be, they can be themselves. They can be their boss. You go back and forth. But doing the role play, it lets you write the script of the conversation you want to have. And then when you get into the conversation, you can sort of direct it to where you want to go because the other person, usually they're not really expecting what you're going to say or prepared. And so you just have the upper hand to strategically direct the conversation to where you want to go. So if you're in a negotiation right now, or you're talking to your boss about something you don't like, or you're talking to your co-founder, all those things, I'm telling you something, find somebody to do the role play. It's also kind of fun. It kind of, I don't know, it just sort of like is a creative exercise and you always get some funny moments out of it. But I have found that's very powerful. You write it down from that point, you practice it on your own, and then you go into that conversation and you are ready. You are ready to kill it. All right, everybody. So the six things that we need to do to be constructively insubordinate are number one, remember where we get our affirmation because that helps to decide you know, how we kind of see the world around us. Number two, figure out from where we get our approval. Number three, start with small acts of defiance. Number four, Talk about it with other people. Build your squad. Number five, do not get defensive. And number six, practice. Role plays make a big difference. 
All right. If you have your own thoughts on this topic, please reach out. You can find me at Let's Connect at PatrickMcGinnis.com, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis. I'll see you on Thursday with Todd. And until then, take care of yourselves, FOMO sapiens. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO. Want more FOMO Sapiens and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. 